Hey. There he is. Can you hear me? Okay, I uh, cannot hear you. How about now? Ah, now I can hear you. <laughs> what do you know about that? Is that a green screen? No, it's my. It's the real live outdoors. Oh. Yeah. So, so. <clears throat> I know it really does. We're still in quarantine, so quarantine season around here. True, true. Um, we got video again, which will be good. That putting up that video took forever. I know, man. It was a nightmare. We could not figure it out, but yeah. we figured out how to save it now. Figure it out. It should be a little bit uh, faster this next time. It was weird. Yeah, it should definitely be faster this time. Last yeah. time was brutal. Yeah, because we're working remotely too, so we can't just give each other like a flash drive. Like, okay, here's the file. We have to upload it to uh, the cloud, and uploading video to the cloud takes forever. So, but no, it was good. I'm, it's worth it. I'm glad we have the video. Yeah, sweet. No, I'm I'm super glad we have it too. Yeah. Once we get back to a studio again, we could literally just like set up a webcam or something super simple, just like so we can keep having it once all the craziness yeah. is done. Definitely. Like, Definitely. it's not like <laughs> this is this is lo-fi, anyways. You know, like <laughs> it still works. Could be yeah. chill. Yeah, exactly. I listened to um, the weekend album yesterday. Did you hear the uh, the bonus tracks yet? Yeah, I listened to the whole thing. Did you hear the bonus tracks? Yeah, I heard them. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah man i feel like i i don't know man the weekend's like obviously talented and the, i think the album was obviously good and there's obviously like good themes and everything but i just don't emotionally connect to his music and i try to i try to like sit down and like let it sink in i love blinding lights that connects with me but other stuff just doesn't and i'm like oh i can tell everyone's having a party and it just feels like I'm just like standing outside of like a glass, <laughs> like concert. I and I'm like, oh, that I, everyone looks like they're having a great time, and they should be. And I, I'm not. I don't know. But that's not to say it's bad. No, not at all. The I think part of the reason why a lot of people like it is because there's lots of tracks and lots of like lines, references throughout the album. Mm-hmm. That refer to like other albums in the past. Mm, see, yeah. So it's kind of like he took like the best elements of every one of his past projects and kind of put them into one mm. project. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, like it's very like nostalgic feeling for a lot of like old weekend fans. Where I just feel like if you're newer to him, you're kind of confused on what he's trying to do. Sure. Yeah. I could. I was like, I think there's like some like subliminal messaging going on, but I don't know enough about him to know what, what's happening. Like pullback lines and stuff like that throughout yeah. the whole thing. Right, right. Did you enjoy it? I loved it, man. Um, here's here's probably the most impressive thing to this album, and I think if you listen to this album, take a step back think about it then listen to it again i think you'll really realize that for how different sounding each track is Mm -hmm. it's a very cohesive album Mm. okay like there's very like different sounding tracks so you have your trap r&b tracks you have your Mm -hmm. 80s synth pop traps you have your dark neo soul Mm. tracks like he goes all over the way like artistically with it 
but there's still like this cohesive feeling to the whole thing. It's very, I think very few artists are able to do what he did. Mm. Like Drake's one of those other people who like can do 10 different genres on an album, but doesn't feel out of place. Right. Right. It all kind of just sits together nicely somehow. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel inauthentic. It still feels like him. That's a good point to the inauthentic thing. Cause it's like, <laughs> even if the, it sonically works, sometimes it could be like, why are you jumping genre to genre? Or like, bringing all these instruments, like, are you just running out of ideas? But yeah, good artists can like really bring in other genres and just make it work. That's so mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. They're, I think a big reason why a lot of people connect with the weekend is he's a lot of darkness. Like hmm. he exhibits a lot of like toxic behavior. He, he exhibits a lot of like dark moods and feelings in his music. Mm-hmm. But just just suppose that is like not only like now. So he has that feeling right to everything he does. But he has like these beats that are like up tempo and like fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you don't know how exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. And then every 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 once in a while, that's not often, but every once in a while you'll throw in a line talking about like how he does want to do better, how he does want to become a better person. Mm-hmm. But he always goes back to the darkness. Mm-hmm. He tries again, he tries to, you know, be the person he should be. And he yeah. goes back to his old ways. And it's I think he's probably one of my favorite artists, at least. I, I think a lot of people would agree. He's one of the best artists at like communicating the internal struggle of trying to be good, but also reverting to the dark. Mm. Constant back and forth. I feel that. That's funny you say that because I was when I was listening to it, I was like, because sometimes there are artists that you just it's almost like you just miss the boat on like emotionally or like you just you're not you're never in the right mood to hear it or just something like you could love another artist but just for some small reason you're just not connecting and i was like if i was on like a narcotic right now (laughs) i think i'd be open enough and i'd be in like the dark mood to really like connect to it but i'm not and so i'm just i think i'm gonna miss the boat you do exactly that you you do and report back (laughs) report back on the pod but also do it at nighttime. See, exactly. Yeah. Because he, he said before the album was released, like, this is not, this is, da- this is nighttime music. This is not daytime music. I listen to it in the morning. Listen. Yeah. No, that, this is the last thing you should have done. Literally, midnight, drive around your car or just sit in your car. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, have what, you know, do that. Do whatever you have to do. <laughs> Do whatever I need to be ready to listen to it. It's different. Yeah. I think you're right. I think (laughs) think there was also a lot more songs about heartbreak. So obviously, if you're in an emotional state where you're thinking about heartbreak, you're going to relate to it more. But Mm -hmm. again, he has a weird way of evoking emotions that like everyone universally feels. Mm -hmm. And this is life that everyone universally feels, you know? I kind of know. I don't really know much of his backstory, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think most people to went to the extent he did in life mm. with drug experimentation and mm. literally living in a 
whorehouse in Toronto. <laughs> oh, he did? Like, yeah. He, he, I'll, I'll send you a video explaining his life story. It's, it's pretty insane. It's crazy. I mean, the reason why he calls him the weekend, because he, he left home on the weekend and never came back. Oh, well. That's, the, that's why he calls himself the weekend. Huh. He's 17. He's moved out, lived on a mattress. Wow. In a house full of prostitutes and was doing every drug imaginable for like a few years. <laughs> Dang, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's what inspired House of Balloons, which was, which is arguably one of the greatest R&B projects of all time. Mm. Was and then he? Cast the and then... Yeah, that's interesting. See, this is what I was saying the other week, where like if you know the backstory of an artist, it's, it makes it so much easier to like the music or the, whatever art they're putting out. Cause yeah. you like have more of context. Yeah. I'm sure there are like whole entire genres of music that I just might never come to appreciate. And I'd like to, I'm working on that, but like it is entirely possible. There are whole genres. I'll just never come around to. I'll, I'm glad you said that Ken, because I think one thing that, draws a weekend in with a lot of people is he didn't start like the neo soul r&b genre mm-hmm. but he's most definitely the one who like put it that made it like, commercially like successful mm. like his first three mixtapes were just neo soul like grungy feeling you know leah kind of did that in a way right. you know but, Miguel and a few other people kind of did that, but not to the extent that he did. He took it to a totally different level artistically. Yeah. yeah. He kind of like, obviously he's more pop now. You know, he does more hip hop, but like, that's what he started as. He kind of brought that genre to the forefront. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably, I'm sure I'll listen to it again. What I'll probably honestly do is just give myself a weekend at some point and just, no pun intended, and just like listen through is discography at some point. Have you ever heard of uh, the Dissect podcast? Yeah. yeah I've yeah. been listening to the uh, the To Pimp a Butterfly season of that, and it's super interesting. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I that was the one to listen to. Yeah. Um, I heard of it because I was saying the similar thing about Frank Ocean, where I'm like, I can, everyone, it's it's clear he's got to be super talented, <laughs> but it's yeah. hard for me to like listen to his music. I just don't naturally enjoy it. But so my one of my corkers is like, try that podcast. And then you're like, hear the nuances and then I think you might like it. So right. maybe, I don't know, who knows? Maybe they'll come out with a weekend season of that show. Like I would, I would listen to yeah, that. Yeah, it'd be great. I listened to it for sure. What was your favorite and least favorite track? Favorite was Blinding Lights. Um, least favorite. Let me see. I actually don't know if I have a least favorite. Um, for whatever reason, um, the escape from LA didn't, it wasn't my personal favorite, but maybe if I listened to it again, I I would like it more. But for some reason I just got annoyed listening to it, but, um, yeah, I'm looking at the genius thing right now. Um, Ooh, one thing I did like that was kind of unique. I liked that horn outro that was on in your eyes that was the first time i'd heard that song and I was, that was kind of oh, interesting that was like yeah. a weird like breakdown you don't normally hear in a song like that so i've seen the cool. video Mm-mm. no they have a video for it yeah super weird but like like pretty interesting concept it's like um I forget the director's name it's like antonio something mm-hmm. he directed all the weekend's videos for the album so far oh, okay and he um they all connect. 
Mm, okay. So it's like Heartless, Blinding Lights, After Hours, then Into Your Eyes. They're all right. like like with like a continuous like storyline. So interesting. Yeah, go watch those. Um, cool. What about you? Um, well, we so we talked about Blinding Lights on the podcast before. Yep. Um. So, like, you release Heartless, After Hours, Blind Lights, those songs. Mm-hmm. Those songs have a completely different meaning and context after you listen through the album. Mm. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, it's a completely different listen. Because if you let, listen closely to the album all the way through, if you listen through it, mm-hmm. a lot of the songs will end in the key that the next song starts in. Hmm. If you listen closely, it's not every time, but a lot of time it'll it'll continue on like it's a continuous song almost. Sure. So it's like a true album like that would have been done, done like back back in the day, you know? Like a true album. <laughs> like a concerto or something. No, honestly. <laughs> wow. That's cool. And so my favorite was the song Faith going to Blindy Lights. Because mm. the end, because the song "Faith" ends on the same key that "Blinding Light" starts in. Interesting. It's it's a really cool listen. Interesting, especially at night. <laughs> it's different at night. That... No, Ken, I'm telling you, <laughs> you cannot listen to this album during the day. It has to be when it's pitch black out. Like it has to be. I'm I'm serious. Oh it's man, just no, I I'm sure you're right. Different feeling, different feeling. Oh man. Yeah, I think you got to be right about that because it's everything. It sounds the whole thing sounds nocturnal. Every time I hear them, I feel like it's a, it's a nighttime vibe, a nighttime potentially high experience. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he released like a teaser for the album, like released the name of the album. Mm-hmm. He releases like forty second like clip, whatever, mm-hmm. on Instagram and YouTube, and they like distantly like play like the song. Okay. I was like, what is this? This sounds incredible. Like, I was losing my mind, right? The same sure. way it was with Blind Lights when they released some series commercial. I was like, mm-hmm. what is this song? I need to hear it. Yeah. So then, with the same thing with the teaser, right? And mm-hmm. it ended up being Faith. Mm-hmm. And Faith goes right into Blinding Lights. So, those are my two favorite uh, tracks. It's. Oh, sure. And they make it even better. You have Heartless right before Faith. So, it's like just, this is perfect all the way through. Wow. Do you have a least favorite song or a song that just, you know, wasn't, you know, um, what can you read a track listing? If you have it right there. Yeah. Um, alone again, too late, hardest to love, scared to live, snow child, escape from LA, heartless faith, blinding lights in your eyes, save your tears, repeat after me, just an interlude after hours until I bleed out. And then the three bonus tracks are nothing compares missed you and final lullaby. Um, I loved the whole album all the way through. Okay. I, honestly, I didn't see a, any reason for the bonus tracks. Mm. To me, they were just... A little bit extra. They are just throwaway tracks. I mean, to me, I didn't like feel anything. Mm-hmm. I heard them just kind of like, meh. Yeah. Final I mean, Lullaby had a kind of a strange sound to it. This is one of those few times where... An artist will release an album, an LP, and I and I love all the tracks and all the bonus tracks. I don't like. Mm. To me, it's usually like 
it's usually like, oh, like this bonus track's really good. Why why wasn't this in the album instead of this song that mm. could have been swapped out and made a better album? Yeah. This is the first time where it was like, no, the final cut of the official album is it was the was the right choices. <laughs> right. Right. This yeah. is the first time where like I wholeheartedly agree with every choice for the album over the other bonus tracks. Sure. Yeah. That's, yeah, if that's like don't add it's like having an encore with less strong jokes or songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. Are you doing that? It's exactly what it felt like. That's weird. I wonder if that was just like a marketing tactic or something. I think it was like, oh, everyone's in quarantine. Let me just put these records and get a little bit of stream revenue from it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think that's all it was. Mm. Cash grab. But apparently he made music videos for them and is going to release them in the next couple weeks here. For the bonus tracks? Yeah, apparently he like filmed something for him. Hmm. Okay. I was looking online. Yeah, so we'll see, I guess, what happens with that. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if or when people are gonna start being able to tour again. They're saying touring's not gonna happen until twenty twenty one, but people are already rescheduling comedy shows and concerts for like the fall. The fall of twenty twenty one. Of 2020. Oh, fall of 2020. Right. Experts are saying that it's not going to happen until 2021. So I'm not sure what these artists are thinking, but mm. we'll see. I was talking with a, a restaurant guy, and he was saying that um, uh, even when restaurants start to open up, like the social <laughs> gazoon type, no, uh, the they're probably only going to ha- be able to have like half of their normal capacity for like their dining room for example like because people have to yeah. space out more and so all these restaurants are going to keep on having to do takeout just to hit their normal revenue goal if they can even do that which is really weird yeah it's, it's, it's all strange john taffer from bar rescue was talking that on Russell sports about like you know if you're a restaurant and you're a bar and this time like when you do come back after this like how do you conduct your business because it can't be the same way it was before there'll be a lot of changes you have to make if they accommodate for a lot of different things now yeah so yeah so but, man one. bars are probably struggling super hard right now because they can't you can't do takeout like tequila shots <laughs> well you oh well, i think for some reason i i heard about this i'm not sure if it's true like I live right next to the mall and there's lots of like restaurants and bars and stuff. Yeah. A lot of people that are like restaurants are like giving out like alcohol, but like not opening anything. Just so you get, I guess you can buy the alcohol now. They like made some like rule adjustment or whatever in the law, but yeah, well you can, you can sell certain things. Uh, you can sell like uh, breweries sell are doing that. Like you, you can, can sell beer growlers yeah. a canned beer and you can do that even for pickup which is kind of strange but you can um but you yeah. just need to get a license for it but but yeah i wonder i mean maybe if they're doing like uh like batched cocktails or something maybe you could sell that but that'd be really right. shitty though to try to be doing that right now it's pretty yeah, crazy man, that's what it is so uh quickly wrap up the weekend um shorter review but if you had to give it uh out of 10 what would you give it out of 10 I'll say just from my, I'll rate my experience listening to it. And my experience listening to it was like okay. a, That's like funny. a 7.2. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. First listen, 
I will give him like an eight. Okay. But the project, say, because I found out they were selling it, like the physical copy in Target. So I bought the physical copy mm-hmm. playing in my car. Mm-hmm. And I realized how much I actually let up the track. Hmm. So I'd say eight and a half to a nine. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. Did you listen yeah. to the first time on headphones or, or earbuds or and then you listen to it in your car the second? Okay. Oh nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Let's get them through with uh, the actual car speakers. So gotcha. Nice. Dope. Yeah. All right, we want to talk Tiger King. Let's do it, man. <laughs> Let's do uh, it. I was thinking about this this morning. Tiger King to me feels kind of like um, like a traumatic experience because it just crazy and crazier things keep on happening. And for me, I just absorbed all of it. <laughs> and then I didn't even realize that how crazy of a show it was until I started talking about it with other people. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, then they did that. Yeah, you're right. Well, that was a messed up. Yeah. It's pretty weird. I liked it. I liked it. It was. Uh, it just kept on getting stranger and stranger. It's like a Hatfield and McCoys, but exotic animals. It's the most entertaining watch since Game of Thrones. It's the most entertaining thing. Mm. <laughs> but Such high praise. No, but honestly, like, what was more entertaining than that? Ozark. Like, <laughs> I was every. I was in Ozark, so I can't say. But, I mean, every minute of every episode, I'm just locked in. Like, the first two yeah. minutes, I'm like, okay, like, what is this? Like, this is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And five, ten minutes, and I was like, this is the funnest ride of all t- This is great. Mm. This, is, this is peak entertainment. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. I, Car- I mean, first off, Carol did it. That's the end of the episode. Carol Baskin did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Carol. Episode. Yeah, we yeah, found yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That she definitely did it. Um, I think that a, I love how episode three was literally dedicated to like talking about how she did it. I know. <laughs> like, she gave yeah. the whole episode to it. She's like, it's so crazy. They're saying that I put him in the <laughs> in the sewer or whatever it was. The only reason why a cat would chew someone's shoe if they put sardine oil on them. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> that would be crazy. His hand couldn't fit through a mute grinder. That's, that's preposterous. And then they're like, can we check this out? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, hmm. Yeah, she's, she's wild. Man, she walks like a crazy person. She rides a bike like a crazy person. Her eyes, dude. Yeah. Her eye, she has crazy eyes. Yeah. She really that's has cool. a... Also, her husband, or her her new husband, her, her, her upgrade, husband, she he is like husband. he's a cuck. He is like the most simp person I've ever seen the in my life. Him on the leash, like with him on all fours, my jaw dropped when I saw that. Uh, that was ridiculous. He looked like Mitch McConnell a little bit. His chin. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he totally does. One hundred percent. He uh, like when he's singing to her at the. I think it's the second to last episode of the last episode. I just I forgot about that part. That was that got burdened to my memory, and I'm like, this oh. guy's a simp. At that moment, I was like, it's indisputable. He is, 
I think there's a part of them that's like in it for the money. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that dude, man. Like he is like a, he is totally a cuck, but like he's also like in it like for financial gain. Which like I don't blame him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> he is dude. just so funny. And Akash Singh made this point on Flagrant 2, and everyone on the internet stole his idea and ran with it. He never got credit for it, so I have to give my, my guy my credit. Okay. But, but Tiger King is basically redneck Game of Thrones. Kinda, yeah. Because yeah, you mean, have the different, <laughs> the different uh, spaces. Different like tiger establishments right. fighting for power, trying to be the the most powerful one. <laughs> there's like conspiracies, yeah, like murder plots. Like it's a whole, it's it's why trash Game of Thrones, and he is right, and he should have gotten his credit. So, Akash, we're giving you credit right here on the Cook the Coach podcast. There's also he's right because there's also all the different like sex, not sex rings, but weird sexual arrangements and. <laughs> and dynamics Dude, it's white trash game of thrones that's all it is but it happened in real life in oklahoma florida myrtle beach yeah myrtle beach shocked me because i had uh grandparents yeah. who lived in uh in south carolina and we would always drive down to like that myrtle beach area and in my head yeah. just my young yeah. memory it's just like a fun beach that i went to as a child and like little do i know that there's like a tiger ring Here's the thing, though. So Doc Antle, the guy who runs the Myrtle Myrtle Beach place, mm-hmm. he's been on Theo Vaughn's podcast. He did like an interview with Andrew Schultz, and like basically explained like the entire episode that was about him was like completely falsified. Like they cut and edited the episode to like make him out to be something he is one hundred percent not. Hmm. He's like, I don't have nine wives. I literally have like one girlfriend. Like all those other girls are like dating other like dudes in the Tiger Sanctuary. That, like work there. Like those are not my girls. Then, That's like, hilarious. Those, he's a, he's afraid of being me too. And when he's running a tiger ring. <laughs> but then he was like, no, but here's the thing. So then like he talks about like remember that girl that was like. Like a tell all about like Doc Antle and stuff in Iowa, yeah, yeah. There, she's like, Yeah, like literally every single thing that came out of her mouth was like wrong. Whoa, and like, like, like she wanted like the surgery, she wanted all this stuff, sure. Like, everything she said was basically like a lie, pretty much, according to Doc. <laughs> Doc, that's I mean, that's interesting, that's a hot take. That's uh, I mean, that's exactly what he would say if he wanted to I'll, not look bad. I'll send you the link to both Theo Vaughn and Schultz's uh, interviews. It's, Do it. I mean, literally everything. Cause yeah, but here's the thing: like, he's the most sane of everyone on on the show. Sure. <laughs> look, he seems like the most like reasonable, level-headed person. I mean, that's that's a low bar, but yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that he is probably the smartest one. I can't think of, besides like a like a sub like a side character, he's the smartest maybe main character. Oh yeah, he seems Although, most 
like the most although the, uh, the 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 gang guy the uh, um, guy who comes in for with Joe Exotic like midway through the show the the con man guy I'm forgetting his name oh but he you knew he was a con after like one episode you just knew like oh this guy is like gonna screw everyone over right but he might be smarter is he smarter because he hasn't he hasn't made any money in years you might be right I'm just saying I've that could be he could be a runner-up for smartest on the show sure even though he's like because at very least you have to trust him and if he did set him up that's pretty impressive i had an affinity for some of joe's uh helpers like some of them seemed like good people yeah (laughs) the uh that guy with uh there's a couple guys that he had that seemed like they were trying to help out the animals even though they were clearly complicit like the uh the guy with the with the super long blonde hair. He seemed like he seemed like the most genuine and good person in the show. I think he's just tired and didn't care anymore. <laughs> he was exhausted and yeah. he was like, Man, I'm just trying to help the animals. And that made me sad to see. But I was like, Oh, he's I think he's a good guy actually. Yeah, Is that person actually good though, if they're just complicit with what's happening. I mean, you know what I mean, like, yeah, like you're not doing it all yourself, but like at some point, they're not great. That's like a, a moral law, moral line in the sand, if you will. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird to hear their art, the way they justify holding on to the animals. Like, they're like, oh yeah, well their habitat. Well, what's crazy is like, there are more captive lion uh, tigers in the u.s than there are in the wild or like then there are just tigers in the wild and so their argument being like look they don't have their habitat and so we're providing as close as they could get to a habitat and then they have more numbers than the people outdoors i'm not saying they should be doing it but i can't say that it's at least not effective in increasing the number you know what it is i think joe and kara are like the opposites of each other yeah. Like, I think Joe started off in like a positive way. Like, I care about these animals. I want, you know, help them, you know, come up in a good, safe environment. And then eventually turned to the dark side. It all became about the money and the fame and, you know, being right. this king. Yeah. I don't have to deepen with that. Yeah. I feel like, and Carol, she obviously started off. And they did not cover this enough, and I think maybe they did, but enough people are not talking about it. It's like, yeah, Carol killed her husband, we know that. But on top of that, she started off in like a grummy place, like she was breeding these cubs. And like she like admitted, like, yeah, I was breeding oh, yeah. cubs with her, as yeah. if like she's gonna be reprimanded for that. Yeah. And then she like mirrors, she like put this image on of like, oh, I'm a good person. I like save the cubs. I'm no one who's like taking care of them now. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of the people who like breed them and like doing bad things with cubs. Mm-hmm. But she was doing that for years and then she made this new switch. Right. She's at least trying to look like a better person on the outside. Yeah. It's like there's this meme going around. It was so funny. It was like me trying to figure out why. Carol Bassin owning tigers and cages is different than Joe owning tigers and cages. <laughs> like literally, what's the difference? Yeah, when Joe Exotic is like, yeah, she's putting out, she's having people pay to come see him too. Like, what's the difference? The, yeah, she I mean, had what is the difference? 
if she's well the caging there's really no difference but if she's i guess it depends if she's euthanizing uh or breeding um and i don't know if she was doing that at least uh later that'd probably be yeah. the main difference because joe was definitely doing that that was yeah. dark when they were like oh yeah we shot the tiger in the head <laughs> like burned it or whatever. it's like Jesus. i don't get it yeah it's yeah. so wild man, yeah, man. I, it was just such a it just made no sense and by the way i i'm not saying i remembered who joe exotic was but there was a little part of me that was like this guy like something about him and then that john oliver clip came up and i was I like mean, yes. I, that was the dude yes. I, I remember even... i remember that i was like i was like I feel like I've heard of this guy somewhere, but I guess I haven't. I just assumed I didn't know who this guy was. Yeah. And then I wrote John Oliver clip. I'm like, I remember where I was when I watched John Oliver clip like a couple <laughs> years ago. Like, he, like it was like a flashback instantly. Man, it was so exciting for me. Same. I I couldn't believe it. I was, think of how many people go viral for weird stuff and then could have a whole documentary made about them. Yeah. <laughs> like all these um, just weirdos mm-hmm. being on like these like 10 second clips and then there's a whole series there baby mm-hmm. the entire series <laughs> that's pretty crazy who burned the the shed who burned it down who i think joe it? did you think it was joe i think it was joe personally okay. but i'm not sure what do you think i don't know i i i keep going back with you Joe and the camera guy. I, I don't know. The man. camera guy might have done it. No, yeah. the producer guy. But what would his motive be? Well, he, he's he's been uh, in two other arson cases before that. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Oh. So yeah, I can't decide if it was Joe or if it was him. So why would he? So what he was in arson cases, but what would be the reason for him doing it then? Would it just be he would got nervous that he'd get indicted or something? That's so weird. I was looking at the show, the Tiger King, from like a like a production perspective. Like, how did they get the footage and when? Especially, I really started thinking about that once they said they burned everything down. I was like, what have we been watching? How did we get all of this? There's a couple of things I don't add about the about documentary. Like, apparently, when they were filming it, no one they interviewed like knew what this was for. Like, they all thought it was like for something totally different. Like, if I was like for a documentary on like tigers, I mean, like not not like this huge like crazy story. Sure, they didn't know that's what that was about. It's like everyone who's being interviewed like was. Totally blindsided by this documentary, apparently. How could you ever be involved with some shady stuff and say yes to a documentary? It just blows my mind. Like, I saw a news article that was like, Carol Baskin doesn't like how she was portrayed in Tiger King. (laughs) Like, you didn't have to be in Tiger King. Like, how did you think? It's just shocking. Did you hear the reopener case? They did. Yep. Good. Good. Just gotta check that septic tank. That's 
if if they can if they can bit Carol killing her husband, that might be the biggest win of twenty twenty. Twenty twenty would be a wash otherwise, but if Carol Baskin goes to prison. If Carol Baskin goes to prison, well it's called twenty twenty wash, we won in twenty twenty one. Yeah. We do this whole thing over. Wow. That would redeem part of twenty twenty if Carol Baskin got to the prison, I think. It would. It would. Everything would kind of start to make sense. Like, oh, this yeah. is what had to happen. This is this is what served. The there world here. So somehow just the universe knew that Earth everyone at Earth need to be needed to be home binging Netflix and this would be the yeah. time when to get everyone's attention. <laughs> now apparently there's an episode um there's an episode eight. They just released it. Episode eight of Tiger King? Yeah, where they like have like interviews with some of the people. Now oh. that's been aired and stuff like that. It's like a recap show, pretty much. Oh, I, have you watched it? No, but we should watch it and review it and talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. Podcast. I'm down. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to keep on remembering things about this show, man. It's so weird. Whitney it's, Cummings had a great take. She was like on her I didn't Instagram. Hear your take on it. I, I've been meaning to hear it. Well, what did she say? She was, I, I only saw part of it, but she was saying her point was like, <laughs> Everyone's saying, wow, that guy who owned Tigers is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Why do you have to say? Of course. <laughs> that was like, that's like where she started. It's like, of course, all of this makes no sense, which I thought was really funny because it was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of the most redundant thing you could say. <laughs> I own Tigers. I loved how they were like, oh, yeah, people who own wild animals, there's always a dark side. They always have a thing. Monkeys have. People who own monkeys have this thing. But people who own tigers, they'll stab you in the back. <laughs> they'll betray you. That's so interesting that she said that. But yeah. it's like such so, 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 so a simple way to see it, though. It's like, it's true. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course the guy's creepy. He owns a <laughs> live tigers. Obviously, <laughs> right. wrong brain. Like, of course. Obviously. Of course. This is, a, this is a breaking news. <laughs> it's like the most obvious thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. What was I gonna say? Dang, I had a thought. It's okay. Oh, isn't Joe Exotic supposed to come home like earlier than expected? Is he for good behavior? If, honestly, I think so. That's great. I hope so. I hope he can get a fresh start. Do you? That'd be nice. I do. Does he need me back in the streets? I don't think we need him out there anymore. <laughs> I think that. I'm okay if worth that. I think, I think he has a good part in him still, and I think he could come around. I think he could just be like. I think he's a lost case. I think. You might be right. He's yeah. been globally humiliated, mm-hmm. and he's been in. He'll be have been in prison for a while, and at that point, like if he finishes his sentence and stuff, like what is he going to do to make it right? Like other than just move on and just not do other stuff, you know. Like, What's he gonna do after the after census is over, though? I mean, he said he's out of the animal game, so I don't know. Maybe he'll is run he for office again. I don't know. He seemed really if he scared. Ran for office again, that'd be hilarious. What if he ran for like local? Like, what if he wanted to be like uh, on like the school board <laughs> and just work himself up like Parks and Rec style? Just like have a just have smaller positions, right? That'd be really funny if he ran the Parks and Rec department. That would be incredible, actually. 
I mean, you would imagine that. Oh well, you know what he could do is write a book. I mean, the book tour. There's gonna be so many book tours. You know that no. Doc. Doc probably already has like three books that are like like bestsellers. That's his vibe. Probably. Probably. But if Joe did a book tour and like wrote a book, he could. You could make a few million and just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna call it good and just retire and just not do anything and live with the sins of my past. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good way to go out. That's pretty funny. Make a few million from the book, then just chill. Dude, uh, couple thoughts. Joe Exotic was making content. He was he was living by like the content is king philosophy yes, since he was. like the early two thousands. Like he, he had his own TV show every day. <laughs> he was the original like YouTube Instagram influencer. Yeah, yeah. That he was the original vlogger. <laughs> He was. He was the original vlogger. Everyone else is just copying what he did. All the oh, true vloggers sure. know it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Logo plugin, Tiger King. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's all That's just yeah. regurgitating what he already just paved away for. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. For sure. Doc, that shot of Doc riding the elephant and then taking a a river bath <laughs> with him. It literally looked like his body with the elephant and then them walking and then in the water. So it looked like a Disney shot. Like it didn't look real. It looked like animated Disney from 1970 something. You know why it looks so great? Because Doc actually has a like legit like reserve, like legit like top of the line wildlife reserve. Whereas both Carol and Joe are just dumps, but yeah. they, Still make money off of it somehow because they use the cubs. Whereas yeah. Doc was talking about they they made it seem way worse in documentary, but on the average he's like, yeah, we literally have the cubs be petted like twice a week, and that's it. Like we just mm. we let them you know live as tigers. You know we don't have them as you know money makers. Sure. No, I mean I hope so. My thing watch after watching this really made me kind of feel sentimental or bittersweet. I don't know, like. um like, I, is it, is there an ethical way to have a zoo? I don't know. I mean, depends on your ethics. <laughs> I mean, is you know there I a, <laughs> eat most of them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying we eat bats and spread everything like China does, but at the same time, it's like, I think we care too much about pets and like animals, like, oh, they have feelings. We should care for them. It's like, They'll rip your face off if they have the chance. Like they don't care about you. Don't you shouldn't care about them either. But what about like once you get involved with them though, like and then you're like euthanizing them or something like that, or like having them not live in what they would be in their natural habitat? Then you're like interfering. They're animals. I don't care. <laughs> but why do you interfere? Like why would you? That's my thing. I don't know if you could interfere in a way. Because I was like, man, like. I wonder if, like, the Minnesota Zoo ever euthanizes animals. We are animals. the dominant species on this planet. <laughs> we are highly more intelligent than any other species on this planet. That's that's what happens. I don't know, bro. I don't know. It's that little dicky argument. That's the from the Pillow Talk video. <laughs> Do you remember that? I'm just saying, man. Like, Americans are too connected to animals. Ethiopia. Animals are animals. They don't treat them as family. It is what it is. <laughs> Just 
part of it. Dogs, either guard dogs or just street dogs. There's no, there's no in between. They're there to help you work and keep your property safe, or there's on the streets and there's tr- scrumming around in the trash. <laughs> not for you to play with, not for you to love. Dogs don't love you, and you don't love dogs. That's how it is over there. And I Dog. like it. <laughs> oh boy! Oh land, boy! You have livestock, kids. I told you a story on this podcast. Kids, you did. They'll play, they'll play with the lamb. They'll have fun with the lamb. They'll enjoy the lamb for the time being. What time for dinner? They wash up. They wash a lamb's throat. It's lit. Dinner time. You're going to tell your grandkids that someday, and you're going to just keep telling them that story. And that'll be one of the stories that (laughs) Grandpa Bays would always tell. I really hope so. I hope they learn from that story. Yeah. (laughs) Hope they, like, learned the lesson. (laughs) So, I didn't really feel bad for animals. Like, okay. I'm not saying they should, like, be treated poorly and they should have, like, bad living conditions. But at the same time, I don't think there should be like a whole organization that like devotes all their time and efforts to making sure that animals are treated the same as humans. You know what I mean? I mean, the same as humans? No. I think they should just have like a, a natural habitat that, that they would have. But Ken, how many people do you know that are like, dogs are the same right as humans? Like how many girls say like, oh, I love my dog more, I love people? Well... Yeah, that happens. But like, that's... I'm sorry, but to me, if you love your pet more than you love other people, you're an insane person. <laughs> In my book, you, you need to have more social experiences if you're going to. That's what that. I'm saying. Humans are yeah, animals. This is how I see the world. Yeah, I've been hearing that um, animals have been getting more bold recently, just with everyone being on lockdown for coronavirus. Like, uh, just I've, I've heard that coyotes have become, uh, they've been kind of entering closer and closer to what would be like cities and like more suburban areas. And yeah. uh, not that they weren't already living there, but they're getting a little more confident. Um, on my walks, I've been seeing so many deer, like in the middle of the day. It's very weird. Well, it's part of it's springtime. People want to come back out. Animals want to come back out and play, but... I guess so. That's got to be part of it, but I I feel like it's it feels stronger this time around. I've just been noticing like seeing more animals. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Although this is the first spring I've been in this neighborhood, so maybe it, that's just what this neighborhood is like. But yeah, there's more there's more deer in Little Canada than there is in East St. Paul in the hood. <laughs> there was more. a there was <laughs> one time I. I don't think this, I imagined this. I'm pretty sure this happened in, when I was in like third grade. I think that there was a loose brown bear or black bear that was walking around Eastside St. Paul. And he might have even been on our street at one point. We weren't home for it, but we heard about it on the Actually, news later. You know what? I do remember you telling me about that a while ago. I, th- yeah. It's a vague memory, but I kind of remember a, that. A while back. Yeah, there was like a bear on the street. which is very much like what tiger king had when they were like when certain animals would get released like that was sad when that one zoo had the release and then they just shot down (laughs) they just mowed down all those lions i was like what (laughs) (laughs) like that's what yeah yeah like what the heck 
<laughs> it can go bad so fast. Yeah. I, I need to listen to that doc interview now because I I must say to you. He explains so, everything so well. He's, he's like, just yeah, like so, so charismatic. He he could I could see him just having he just had his story so well put together. Also at the end, when um Joe Exotic's um, newest boyfriend is like uh, going through his like papers and stuff while he's in jail, and then they pull up that one document about Doc, and then he like pulled it away and like hid it. I was like, hmm, that was weird. I feel like that body language spoke volumes. Mm. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I think I it was on the last episode. I, well, I guess episode seven, not eight, the new one, but. Um, but yeah, he was, there was something about Doc, I believe. And he just like pulled the paper away. Like the producer of the, of Tiger King was like, Hey, what's this doc antler, blah, blah, blah. And then like, whoosh, like pulled it. Like, Interesting. Mm, can I cover something up? Maybe. <sighs> who would, who would you say was the most interesting character to you? Mm, I mean, that's a good question. Following, um, I don't know. I think the easy answer would be Joe Exotic, just because he goes through so many different things. But part of me is so interested with some of the minor characters, like the the producer that the show opens on. I'm really interested in mm-hmm. him. Yeah, all these people who are acting like they're not involved with how wild the situation got. Or just mm-hmm. are distancing themselves from it. I just—it's so interesting to figure out like how they connect to it. I've, so yeah, maybe that maybe that producer was one of the most interesting guys. Otherwise, maybe Doc, because Doc was like all—he was kind of crazy, but also seemed like he had the most business acumen and seemed kind of like the big brother of the story. Like, yeah. this is how you avoid these problems. And don't get a Netflix documentary made specifically about you. Right. What about you? It was Joe. Joe is definitely up there. Um, Who was the con man again? What was his name? I don't remember. He was interesting. Um, Jeff. Jeff is Jeff. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, To me. He was so smart, but so dumb at the same time. Yes. Like, he's fully smart and dumb to me. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, Very he, confusing. Like, you could, you could, like, throughout the documentary, you see, like, stuff progress. you like, oh, I see where this is contending. But it's, like, mm-hmm. like, this, the other Connie ran with, this, with the other guy trying to set up that new zoo. And, like, how, like, he wasn't paying for anything. He wasn't, like, doing anything to, like, set it up. It was, like, dude. Like eventually, this your partner's gonna figure things out and then dump you. Yeah, because you know this is you gonna figure out this is all a con at some point. Totally, and he does. And just <laughs> yeah. like, how could you like con all these other people, but you couldn't con this person who was much more simple minded? So so like, it was weird. Just, it didn't make any sense to me. He you know? really had like uh, uh, the fox from Zootopia vibe, just a little bit with uh with just his conning yeah but yeah, he yeah. was more he he felt dangerous he felt really dangerous like his uh his domestic abuse uh storyline was pretty concerning and he seemed like the way he would imitate joe exotic's voice 
was like this guy is like deep down a bully and deep down like a dangerous guy like he would have like he would have killed joe with his own hands if he could have like if things had come to that he would have like the moment he's on screen like there he had untrustworthy vibes immediately i'm just wondering how that didn't permeate in real life with these people and maybe he was that charming and that you know cunning yeah and they do bring up a good point in the documentary when everyone's like you know he had the money or he appeared to have the money so why wouldn't you trust him which i kind of <laughs> guess you know if you're in that position where you're getting paid a hundred dollars yeah comes this guy who's like able to help solve a lot of your financial problems at the place yeah. you work at you're right. more inclined to trust the person i guess he he was the worst, the worst. He was like he was like entertainment. He would he's like someone who would be involved with Entertainment Seven Twenty from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Like when they were talking about how he um, was selling the uh, the he had the bus tour with the Tigers and would just ride around the Strip in Vegas. So and then, and then they would the girls. I guess would sleep with the guys because they had tigers. It was just so embarrassing. That would happen at Team Sam Twenty. I mean, I mean, it'd be like a friend of John Malfiel. It's just every. That's the thing about this this documentary. It's like there isn't um. You're always shocked by something new every like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You feel like every ten minutes, like a new revelation that's brought up, and you're just like, "What?" Then another ten minutes go, ten minutes go by, you're like, "Wait, what?" Like it's like the ante just keeps rising as far as like craziness. Mm-hmm. Like it just keeps going up and up and up. Yeah. Also, you talk about how like how ridiculously low both the wages that Joe paid his employees that were like criminal, like not even minimum wage, yeah. and then. How um he um who was I forget the guy's name, but guy he hired to go kill Karen. Uh oh yeah, I'll pay you five thousand. Oh wait, I'm gonna pay you three thousand to go kill somebody. It's like Oh yeah. Yeah, like not even following up on that. That's wild. That's that's wild. He yeah, man, he that that was funny because when I was watching that part. I was just kind of just absorbing all of it. Like, this is, this is a lot, but okay. And then they were like, they're paying them $8 an hour. And I was like, what? <laughs> After that, they've been like, these people may have been murdering their spouses and euthanizing tigers. I'm like, okay. And they were paying their employees $8 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, for some reason, like, that was like just as crazy as like plotting to kill somebody. I don't yeah. know why. But like yeah. for some reason my mind is like it was the same thing. Yeah. That's a good point though. It's like the show was like so intoxicating that you wanted to keep watching and just be hooked by it. But it was so much information coming at you so fast you had to like take a break every once in a while, just like sit there with it and like think it's like, okay, <laughs> what, did I, what did I just watch? Like what what just happened on the screen? That's wild. It's, well, yeah, I'll watch the uh, I'll watch that episode and see see what I think of that one because yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch the episode tonight because it's I I'm I'm curious to see what the people who are on documentary have to say about it now that it's out. I wonder like if they're 
thoughts of things have changed now that mm-hmm. I've more moved, more moved from the situations. Totally. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Same. Also, we should re- we should review the Jordan Doc. Um, next episode too. The the Jordan Doc. The Last Dance. The oh, Dance. I haven't seen it. it uh, where is it? What is it on? Netflix. It's on Netflix. Well, they you you they release two episodes every Sunday, and it's it's on ESPN. But then, like the next day, it's supposed to be on Netflix after that. Oh, awesome! I'm totally gonna watch that then. I thought that that was just an ESPN thing. It was really good. Oh, I can't wait. That's oh yeah. Let's I'll watch that. Yeah. Oh, how long have we been going for? About an hour. About an hour. Should we mm-hmm. cut it here? Yeah. Drop it, guys. Um, well, actually, let's wrap up with, with quick quarantine thoughts. Any more quarantine thoughts? Um, I'm living with my family right now during this quarantine, and it's really interesting how we're all handling the proximity. And it's just like things just you just bottle up because you're just so close to everybody. That's getting old. I like being around my family, but it's getting really weird being so constantly around them, and nobody's handling it well. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I, I will say that I'm like, I am in a position where I can kind of just enjoy the extra free time and just practice stuff, which has Mm -hmm. been fun. I got, um, I got some moment camera lenses, those ones that you put on the, on your phone. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I got those yesterday in the mail. And so I'm excited. I might start learning how to use those. So yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, for me, I think I'm gonna miss quarantine because I love this new normal. I love yeah. getting paid, you know, just sitting at home. I love not paying my student loans. Mm-hmm. Love the fact that I get to cook every day and eat my my own meals. Love the fact that I have time to like do two full workouts and like an actual gym. Just yeah. focus on being better in that department. So like. I have no complaints about this life I'm living right now. The only thing I don't like is not seeing my friends, but other than that, everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I'll, I'll kind of miss quarantine too when it's over, if and or when. I really have no idea. I'm okay with, I'm okay with living this for another month or so. I'm, I'm, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, same. Would, Honestly, me too. I would not complain. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you. Um, we hope your quarantine's going okay. Um, People reach out to us anytime about anything. Um, I think we should start off with cooking coach segments and bring those back next time. Yeah, let's do it. Give people some tips during quarantine. Cool. Um, yeah, follow on Instagram podcast to cook and the coach, and then Twitter at the cook and the C one, and then um, my handle at Beza Tensaya, and then Ken. Um, your handle? Yeah, so on Instagram, kpmartin2, kpmartin2. Um, I've also started a food page. It's just like a very casual page yes. where I'm just kind of documenting some of the things I'm cooking um, with right now family, but it will be friends too. Um, that's at Haymarket Catering on Instagram. And if you want to listen, if you have free time and you want to listen to music, I have an EP. It's called Bucket List and it's available, I think, on all platforms, but uh, under like Kenny Martin bucket list on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, etc. So check it out. 
Guys, that's been another episode. We will see you next time. Bye.